This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I've got a what I hope you'll think is a very special show today. As most of you know, Monday is what you guys call Independence Day. It'll be July 4th. I'm going to talk to you about your independence today. I want to talk to you about the founding of your nation. As we mark the 240th anniversary, I want to share some stories, ask you some very tough principal questions. But I want to start by sharing some names with you to see if you know who these people are. You know, if you've listened to this show long enough, you've heard me, you know my opinion on who real, the real heroes in society are. I reject the notion that a hero today is someone who holds a winning putt in a golf tournament or throws a touchdown in the Super Bowl or hits a grand slam in, in the World Series. You know, if you ask any kid today, who's your role model? I I fear the answers you might get. But I'm sure some of them would be sports stars or reality TV stars like the Gardassians or I don't know who. I'm Excuse my ignorance. I actually don't excuse it because I, I don't care. But of people who are famous, you know, all these role models are I just love to meet Brad Pitt or George Clooney or ever who's reality, ever who's 15 minutes of fame is currently getting. I want to read some names out to you of heroes, of real heroes. And if you'll bear with me, because there's quite a few of them, and you probably haven't heard of some of them, but... After a few minutes, you'll cop what I'm doing. And I'm going to call out where they're from. Georgia. Button Gwinnett. Lynham Hall. George Walton. North Carolina. William Hopper. Joseph Hughes. John Penn. South Carolina. Edward Rutledge. Thomas Hayward, Jr. Thomas Lynch Jr., Arthur Middleton, Massachusetts, John Hancock, Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Packer, Thomas Stone, Charles Carroll of Charlatan, Virginia, George White, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, 
Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton, Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross, Delaware, Caesar Rooney, George Reed, Thomas McKean, New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris, New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abraham Clark, New Hampshire, Joshua Bartlett, William Whipple, Massachusetts, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Elbridge Jerry, Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Walcott, and New Hampshire, Matthew Thornton. I just read you out 56 names. Who were those 56 people? Well, depending on who you ask, you might get a different set of answers. These 56 people are just another 56 people in history. Some might say, well, they were all slave owners and evil, rotten people. Others might say, who the hell cares? Others might say, I don't know, is a, a 40-man football squad with you know a few reserves? Who are these people? Are they fighting some war? You know, who who are these people? Well, to me, they're 56 heroes. These are the 56 people who signed America's Declaration of Independence. You know, it's easy today to read history and when you read history and you see the final outcome, it might seem like, John, what's the big deal? Yeah, they signed a document. They, they declared their independence from Britain. Big deal. We all know, yeah, America won. And 240 years later, here we are. And, and life is great. What's the big deal? Why should we honor these people? Why should we remember these people? Why should we honor these people? Well. I'm not American, so I can't really say. But I'll tell you why I honor them. Because they changed the world. They put America in a different position that stood for something that was revolutionary. They believed in something. That was so exceptional, so unique, so unknown. They were willing and brave enough 
to put their names, not just to say they support it, but to sign their names on a document that says, we are America. We are the United States. We are declaring our independence from Britain and from tyranny. But what's the big deal? It's no big deal. I could sign my name all day long. Well, let me tell you what the big deal was. Firstly, these men risked everything they had. If they were caught after signing this Declaration of Independence, they knew they would lose everything. They knew their way of life was over. Their businesses, their families, it would affect their kids, the next generation. It would all affect their liberty and freedom. They risked everything on a chance to be free. They risked everything for a better way of life. Now again, some might be listening to this and saying, yeah, but we won the war, John. It, it, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it's easy reading history and thinking, well, I know the end result. They didn't. If you go back, if you could have a time machine, you know, if we, if we all had Doc Brown, you know, and we had that DeLorean and we could go back to July 1st, 1776. And, you know, if we could get a poll, you know, if we could bring Frank Luntz or Carl Rove or, you know, all these great people and we could poll test how people felt. Well, most would have told you, you haven't got a chance of beating the British. You're going to get these people with from 13 colonies and you're going to get them and they're going to go against the superpower of the day that has more men, more training, more money, more weapons. And you're expecting that people who, well, they're good and they're noble, but they don't have the weapons. They can't compete financially. They can't compete on training. In what world do you think the American people can win? You know, it's a mismatch of all mismatches. But yes, these 56 people stood and risked everything just on the smallest of hopes that tomorrow might be a better future. They are heroes because they didn't think about personal consequences. They thought about the right thing. They risked absolutely everything. Apologies, that was my computer going off. They risked everything to do the right thing. You want further proof? It wasn't long before 1776 where people who, Americans who were saying, you know, we need to declare our independence, were mocked. 
They were classed as dangerous, as radicals. You know, radical. You want to declare, you want to declare independence from Britain. You must be wow. You're out there, dude. That was long, 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 way, way, way back in 1775. You were radical to think that in 1775. In, in fact, in many places, you were probably radical to think that in 1776. But yet, these 56 heroes said, I don't care what you call me. You can call me a radical, a moron, an idiot, a fool. You can do anything you want to me. I know what I'm doing is right. Right before God and right before my fellow man. And that is the way I am going to travel. Because to me, a principle is not something we talk about or write about. A principle is something we live. And that is why they signed the Declaration of Independence. And boy, look at the America we have now, that you have. 240 years later. Well, if you don't get on board a certain train or behind a certain candidate, you're a sellout. If you dare try talk about principles, you're considered an ideologue or a purist. If you dare live out those principles, well, you're considered a Bible-thumping, gun-toting conservative. How you've changed in 240 years. If America, dare I say it, had 56 individuals like the people who signed your Declaration of Independence who are willing to risk everything to do the right thing. Maybe, just maybe, you might have inspired a new generation. These are heroes, not sports stars, not reality TV stars. These are people who risked it all and reaped the rewards. And not only did they reap the rewards, but generation after generation after generation that followed them reaped the same rewards. And what was that reward they reaped? I know people will like to focus on, on money and wealth. They focus on the principle of freedom. freedom to do as you wish the right to be secure within your person to have no glass ceiling it was these 56 heroes who signed your declaration of independence who started the ball rolling for what we now call America the American idea the American principles, the American spirit.
today. And I'll get to why it is today and not Monday. Let us remember these heroes and salute them and thank them. Let us never become a people that forgets the heroes of the past. Let us be inspired by them. And let us be inspired and follow in their footsteps. Because if we all showed that bit of courage, oh my God, how great this world could be. If even 10% of them, of people today showed the courage your founders showed. How much we could change the world. Not just America, but the world. If we all stood up and were willing to put our names and our lives and our actions and our principles for doing good and not always worrying about self-preservation or preservation of money or gold or property or business. I got to take a quick break, America, but I'm going to continue and I want to talk to you about more about your independence. Please don't go anywhere. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. One of the things that I wish I could do, and I'm going to work tirelessly to do it, is to get an inspired generation of Americans to learn their history and to learn their real history. American history is fascinating. I am no historian. I am no expert. I am still what I would call a novice. I'm still learning and learning more and more and more about your history and your founding and different stories. But one thing that annoys me, and again, People have said, oh, John, you're a purist, you're an ideologue. Yeah, okay, that's who I am. It's I'm okay with who I am. But for me, Independence Day in America has kind of lost its meaning. And there are many reasons for that, which I don't really want to get into. But July 4th, is classed as Independence Day. It's a time when you have a federal holiday. It's been a paid federal holiday since 1938. Maybe that was the start of it. 
where people get together and I'm going to use modern day things. I apologize, but you know, you get together and you have hot dogs and you, you watch some baseball and you crack open a few beers and you have a good time. Independence day. Isn't that maybe that's July 4th. You know, where you do all that and you pledge allegiance to the flag and you go watch some fireworks. Maybe that's July 4th. For me, because I'm a purist, today is Independence Day. Today, July 2nd, is in the real Independence Day. And how did that come about? Why do people not know the real Independence Day is actually July 2nd? Well, the reason is, is because on July 2nd, the Continental Congress took a vote for independence and it voted in favor of independence. But it took two days to July 4th for its delegates to adopt the actual Declaration of Independence. John Adams, one of your founding fathers, wrote a letter to his wife, Abigail. He was your second president. And he believed that July 2nd was the real Independence Day. And I quote in his letter, the second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the anniversary, the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. <gasps> I said God, yes he did. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. That's John Adams. Yes, he did say God Almighty. And yes, he did say celebrated with guns. I know he was a radical too, right? For me, I celebrate today as the 240th anniversary of not of America's founding, not of America declaring its independence from Britain, but rather, America celebrating its independence from tyranny and setting forth a new way of life, a new vision, a new purpose, a revolutionary idea. I want to spend today's show by talking to you about your Declaration of Independence. And I want to do it for one reason and one reason only. Well, actually, kind of two. One, because quite honestly, there's nothing more than I love talking about, with the exception of God, than America's founding. Because it revolutionized the world. It revolutionized the way America worked, the way the world works. And it has inspired generations 
and has made the world a better place. You know, if we just put principles aside just for one second, I know that's something I never, I never really want to say again, but let's just, you know, let's, let's focus on there is no God. There is no such thing as eternal principles. And let's just give me, you know, the success, you know, the, the, the earthly possessions. Let's just look at that for a minute. Look at the impact America has had. You know, if you do a quick Google search and if, if you're just trying to have fun and you're not taking it 100% seriously, use Wikipedia. And the reason I say you're not taking it too seriously is because it's not the most trusted source because it can be edited, but that's journalistic standards and stuff. And just look, Google the amount of innovations of America, from America. And then Google any other nation and compare. The success America has had has been unrivaled in many senses the words whether you want to talk about the success of your people how many rags to riches stories do you know in America and now I think about how many rags to riches stories you know elsewhere look at the innovation that you've had you know, I'm reading a book at the minute, The, the 5,000 Year Leap. It's all about America. But America, the revolution, again, I'm not talking principles. American revolution brought forward a 5,000 year leap. You know, if you look in the, in the 240 years you've existed, look at all the things that we just take for granted that we don't really think about. We just go, it's just a way of life. Now, and let me just, I'm going to, again, I don't like talking about me because this show isn't about me, it's about you, but I'm just going to share some things I do on a daily basis that I take for granted, but that some Americans, some way, somehow, help put forward. And that wasn't there before America. I get up in the morning, I'm on a comfortable bed, And the first thing I always do is I go to the bathroom and I wash my teeth. And sometimes I go to the toilet. Well, there's your first revolution. Indoor plumbing. I don't have to get up and go downstairs, out the door, and into some barn to go to the toilet. I'm one of these posh people. I, I have an electric toothbrush. That idea, electricity, incredible. And then I come down the stairs and I switch on my computer. Actually, sorry, before I do that, I generally check my iPad because I get alerts and I get emails. So I'm on my iPad and I'm looking at Facebook. I look at Twitter and I go onto the internet and I check what's on the Blaze and I check what's on a few different news sites. Um, the Blaze is generally my go-to place. I check the New York Times. I check Drudge to see what other people are saying. Check Breitbart at times. I check my email. I come down. 
I go onto my computer and then I start doing my work. Or if I'm if I'm happen to be working on the road that particular day, I get into an automobile, a car, driven with gas. And I drive on roads with tarmac. I have with my job when I'm working on the road. I also have a tablet, and it lets me connect and I can dial up. I use Skype to do interviews. These are all the things that were made possible by America. But that's not just the way of life. Look at things that we do that we just all take for granted. You know, I'm in my early 30s. Actually, I'm getting more to my mid-30s, but that's a different story. When I was growing up, I remember going to America for the first time. I, I can never remember what age I was. I was about seven or eight or maybe nine. Going to England when I was that age was, wow, you're, you're going to England? You're getting on a plane? Oh, my God. Going to America was like, in today's terms, it was probably like, you're going to Mars? You're going to where? America. It was so revolutionary. That's in my lifetime. We get on planes, we just think, oh, yeah, there's all these planes and they're going to the sky. And I look out my back garden because I live near the airport in Ireland. And I see all planes passing over me and just go, yeah, it's a plane, big deal. We don't think about the Wright brothers. Do we? The success America has had is incredible. It's unrivaled. But the great thing about America is because of your freedom, which has led to innovation, it has made the world a better place. That is the success of America. Now, that's the success. I'm going to talk to you about principles for the rest of the show. But just I wanted to give both sides of the argument. That is the success of America. And I'll finish this segment with this, again, not based on principle, but based on success. If it wasn't for America, people like me right now would be speaking German. And that sounds fancy and it sounds like a great meaning, but it's true. America has made this world a better place. America, I have never once... In all my many years speaking out and writing and doing public experiences, I've said you're perfect. I think you have many faults. But I reject the notion that America sucks, that America has made this world a, a worse place, and that America has contributed very little, bar evil and money and corruption. America has made this world a better place. And while that is my opinion, it is heavily backed up on facts. I just shared some of my daily routine with you, which would not be possible without an American. My communication would not be possible without an American. That's innovation. That's the American spirit. That is the success of America. Please never, ever 
ever, ever forget that. I'll be right back in America to talk to you about some principles, which is something I'm a hell of a lot more comfortable talking to you about. Please don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Democrats like to use law as a tool for suppressing and destroying their political enemies in a way that Republicans just don't, because we're sort of the goody two-shoes now of the American political system. We still believe at some level in principle, at some level in fair play, uh, that the law isn't just what we want it to mean, which the progressive left has completely thrown that out the window. They don't care. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Before I continue, I just want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to everyone who listens. Um, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy your life is, especially on weekends like this. That You know, it's Independence Day, it's holiday, it's a three-day weekend, you got family and friends and Yet you still listen. I, I truly, truly, truly thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you ever share my work, please do. If it makes you feel better, please share it with a friend that might just need a dose of someone who from outside America who loves you. You know, there aren't many people who truly love you for your country, for what you've done. But I'm one of them. And I will continue to be and to do everything in my power to be a positive influence in your society and in your culture. So for the rest of this show, I want to talk to you about your Declaration of Independence. And the reason I want to do this is one, to maybe remind you of your founding or parts that really speak to an outsider, you know, give you different, you know, different opinion an outside opinion that you might not have heard or words you might not have thought of. But secondly, because on social media, I am seeing a growing number of people on all sides calling for a revolution. I've called for a revolution of ideas. I think America badly needs a revolution of ideas. However, there are some who don't want a revolution of ideas. They just seem to want a revolution. And if it includes violence, that's okay. I've seen a few memes going around uh, revolution by ballot or bullet. It's not my job to interfere if that's the course America goes. If America goes for another violent revolution I pray you don't because I'm going to be blunt with you if America goes for a violent revolution now or in the foreseeable future you are not prepared for it you are not prepared for it because you haven't learned the lessons from your founders 
any violent revolution in America right now won't be an American type revolution. It will be a French style revolution. So in my, this is my hope. This is my attempt to those who might know someone or might be feeling it's time for a violent revolution or a revolution. And if it includes violence, that's fine. That that's what's needed to get America back on track. This is my attempt to say, stop, slow down, listen to my words and think. You might not agree with them, you may agree with them, but at least think about it. Because you have not done what your founders have done. You know, the work for the American Revolution did not start on July 2nd, 1776. It started 40, 50 years prior. So what lessons can you learn if you are open to the idea of a revolution or promoting an idea of a revolution or anything in between? Well, let me suggest that you read your Declaration of Independence from top to bottom, start to finish, with no gaps. Let me point out some of the things that I think are critical. I'm not going to read it out to you. You can do that in your own time, and I don't want to bore you. But there are some words and phrases in here that you need to know. And it starts in the first paragraph. We need to understand the role of government. Your founders were very clear when they said, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people, I said one people, to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another. Now, let's focus in on those words, one people. Cast your mind back over the 240 plus years of history of your nation. Are you a one part people now? Or are you a very much a divided people? I think you've never been more divided in your life. Now, I, the reason I say that is you could make an argument for 1861 and slavery and the Civil War. But that was two factions. Today, you are so divided on all sides of the aisle, by age, by color, by gender, by sexuality, by class, by education, by where you went to school, by your where you live, by your body size, by who you voted for in the last election. You're not close to being one people. Secondly, it says in the opening paragraph, the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Have we any understanding of what nature's God is? Or the laws of nature? Have we promoted these ideas? Because we are living in a generation and a society that not only is not happy enough now with rejecting God, but we are rejecting the laws of nature. 
some of these examples are in your Bill of Rights, are the transgendered. You know, the laws of nature, you have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to free speech. You have a right to be secure in your papers on your person. Do we speak about those rights? Everyone knows the next one. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Well, how many people truly, and I mean truly, believe in equality? And I don't mean the liberal crap where, oh yeah, we're all equal. No, I mean real equality. You know, if you truly, I rarely do this. If, but, if you believe in true equality, you cannot believe in a class system. I rarely tell you make distinctions like this. If you've listened to me long enough, you know that. I always respect different people's opinion. But there are certain things you cannot accept. If you believe in real equality, you cannot believe in a class system. Oh, I'm lower class. Well, I'm middle class. Well, I'm rich and I'm higher class. Then you don't have equality. If you live in a society that says, is okay with saying, yeah, black lives matter. But yet someone who would go out and say, no, I agree. All lives matter. No, you're, no, 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 no. You don't get it. It's black lives matter. Yeah, I agree. All lives matter. If you don't truly believe that, then you don't believe in real equality. You may think you do. You may think, I believe in equality because I'm just liberal and I'm so cool. No, you don't believe in real equality. If you think you are somehow better as a person, then you don't believe in equality. Now, I do believe people are better at certain things and have different gifts. Tiger Woods is a better golfer than me. Well, maybe not today. Dustin Johnson is a better golfer than me. A-Rod is a better baseball player than me. Peyton Manning is a better quarterback than me. Glenn Beck is a better radio host than me. But I'm still their equal. Because I am a man. They are a man. And we are all equal. How many people truly believe in equality today? Oh, well... I have I have one million in my bank account. I am so much better than you. Yeah, fantastic. You have more money than me, but we are still equal. Next thing. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or you want to go with the original version, life, liberty, and property. How many people truly believe that you have a cert of rights that are equal for everyone. There are certain things I'm seeing online. I want to show you one, or I can't show you one, I'll attach to it. I'll tweet it out. But it's a meme going around from a conservative. Make America great again. 
duct tape this lying bee's mouth shut. And it's a picture of Hillary Clinton with duct tape over her mouth. What do you believe that is entitled to everyone? Because it is not a right from government. It is not a right given by you or anyone else. It is a right from God. Do you truly believe in free speech? Because if you do, I don't care what candidate you back, you reject this message because it is an attack on the spirit of the First Amendment. We don't shut people up. Because here's the thing. If we are all equal, and we truly believe in equality, and I mean the real equality, then who is you, are you or anyone else to tell someone else to shut up? We are all equal. If you are all equal, there is no superior being on this earth that can tell the right or the power or the responsibility or the duty or any words you want to choose to say, shut up, duct tape her mouth. Likewise on guns, on the Second Amendment, if you truly believe that all are created equal, then who's to tell you what you can and cannot do, gun you can buy? Well, John, do you really need a gun that's semi-automatic and has a clip of 30 bullets? Hmm, do I need it? I suppose that's a question you have to ask every individual based on their aim. You know, I know people who don't need 30 bullets. I know people who are quite capable and very sufficient with a gun. I'm talking more about my military friends now who need one bullet to put you down. And they will put it within a fraction of where they aim in any condition. They don't need it. But then again, the last time I checked, it was the Bill of Rights and not the Bill of Needs. But John, do you, do you really need, you know, I don't know, a gun that shoots a thousand meters? Again, I may not need it, but it's okay. I might want it. Yeah, but John, would you not be happier like, like with a musket? You know, where you, you get the one bullet or like, you know, a double barrel shotgun. Let, you know, let's not just do muskets. Let's, I'll let you have a double barrel shotgun where you have two bullets, you know, and you, and you have to lock it and you have to jam it back and then you fire and then you, you, you reload and you fire your second bullet and then you have to open the chamber and then you have to take out the two cartridges and put in another two, take, reload it and then shoot again and you get another two bullets. You know, would that not make you happy? Again. If we truly believe we are all created equal, who can tell you you can't have that? Who can tell you, yeah, you know what? You can't have that gun. And here's the thing that my liberal friends seem to don't seem to understand because they hide behind this. Well, John, I, I believe inequality. I believe all are created equal. It's just that if we get a section of society and they all vote for someone, like a, a House of Representative or a Senator or a President, they automatically have more rights than you. 
They have more power and more responsibility and more duty than you. That sounds great, and I'm sure it's, it sounds great in liberal quarters. But then you don't believe in equality. You don't believe in equality because you think there are a set of circumstances that can promote someone over everyone else. I didn't mean to talk about guns for that long, but it's a subject I'm passionate about. Do you really believe in equality? And here's the thing, and I say this all the time. It's easy to be for principles when they go your way. So let me give you some examples. It's easy to be for the First Amendment, you know, the freedom of speech. You know, if your guy is Ted Cruz or your guy is Donald Trump or ever who your local representative is, Mike Lee or John Cornyn or John McCain even. It's easy if you like these people or Jeb Bush. If you like these people, it's supposed to be, yeah, it's easy for them. Yeah, I'm all for their First Amendment right of free speech. When it gets tricky is when it's someone you don't like. As I go into this commercial break, ask yourself one question. What rights in your mind are for everyone? Don't think about Ted Cruz or Jeb Bush or every politician you like. Think about Hillary Clinton. Think about Barack Obama. Think about John Kerry. Think about Bernie Sanders. It's hard. It really is. But do they have a right to free speech? Do they have a right of freedom of association? Do they have a right to protect themselves? Do they have a right to be secure in their persons and their papers? I gotta take a quick break, America. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Now, we do have our first report of robot suicide. Wait. What? A cleaning robot committed suicide by climbing onto a kitchen hot plate where it was burned to death. According to local reports, iRobot Roomba 760 robot is thought to have rebelled against its chores and decided enough was enough. (laughs) The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday mornings, 9 to noon Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I want to hit three final points on the Declaration of Independence and why I think anyone who is open or is suggesting a revolution that may include violence should read before you do such an action because. You have to do things right. I pleaded you to do things the American way. First of all, the layout of the Declaration of Independence. I personally believe this document is a document from heaven. Because 
if I was being honest, I could pretty much make a point about every sentence in there. You know, there's no filler. There's nothing that's not important. Every word has its meaning. It is a layout that I think is incredible. First point I would like to make. Find out what you're for. Your founders weren't just fighting a revolution. You know, if you ever watch these shows and I see them from time to time, people send them to me and I get annoyed. You know, these Jimmy Kimmel videos or the man on the street videos where they ask just strangers random questions. And you'll see a question from time to time, you know, when America declared its independence in 1776, and you'll probably see this or have seen it over the last week. Um, you know, who did you declare your independence from? And of course, the right answer is the United Kingdom, Britain, or the Hessians, whichever one you want to use. But the answer for me is not just about the king. It isn't just Great Britain. When you declared your independence, you declared your independence from tyranny. You know, when you read other countries' declaration of independence, it's all about, well, we did this and the king did this to us or this country did this and they invaded us and we have these problems and we want to be free. America's declaration of independence is truly remarkable because before he even mentions the king, before we even get to the usurpations, all the things we don't like, you know, all our grievances, it speaks about God. It speaks about the rights that we are for. It speaks revolutionary language. I know the words come off our tongue because we've heard them for so long. But even just something simple like, all men are created equal. Do you realize that even 240 years after your founding, that is still one of the most revolutionary statements you can make? Because we're not all treated equally. You look at the government. Again, I don't want to make this about elections, but you remember back in 2012, both Mitt Romney and Barack Obama spoke in economic terms about how the, the success of America depends on one thing, a successful, growing, vibrant middle class. That's not equality. That's putting people who are in the middle over people who are at the top and who are over people at the bottom. That's not equality. That idea that all men are created equal is still a revolutionary thought. That's in 2016. Can you imagine how revolutionary of an idea that was in 1776? My first piece of advice for everyone is find out what rights, what truths you believe to be self-evident. I believe in the self-evident truths of freedom, of the individual, of your Bill of Rights. What do you believe?
And I don't mean believe for people you like. I mean picture someone you despise more than anyone else. One of them that I have is Woodrow Wilson. It's it's a it's like a team for the Blaze staff. If you don't hate Woodrow Wilson, I think it's like you can't work here. I'm joking, but we pr- I I I've never took it, I've taken a poll, but I would pretty much imagine the vast majority of staff in the Blaze hate Woodrow Wilson. So I'm going to use him. Do I think Woodrow Wilson has the spirit of the First Amendment of free speech? Absolutely. I pretty much hate everything he says, but he has the right to say it, and no one has the right to shut him up. Does he have the right to of association? Yep. I may not like the people he hangs around with. I might despise them, but he has that right. Does he have a right to freedom of religion? Of course. He can be an atheist, a deist, a Catholic, a Protestant, a Christian, an evangelical, a Baptist, a Jew, a Mormon, or he can worship a stone in the ground. Does he have a right to protect himself? Absolutely. Does he have a right to not incriminate himself? Absolutely. Does he have a right to be secure in his persons and not be spied on? Absolutely. Does he have a right not to have people stationed in his home? Absolutely. What rights do you think are self-evident that are for everyone? That's point number one. Find out what you're for before you find out what you're against. Secondly, after you've found out what you're for and you've laid out all your usurpations, I quote from your Declaration of Independence. We have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Be honest and look at yourself in the mirror. Have you gone for redress and have you done it in humble terms? Or have you gone onto Twitter and used foul language? Have you, you know, got hashtags trending? Have you called people traitors and treasonous? Have you acted with hate in your heart for those who are against you? Have you been humble? Because as it continued in your Declaration of Independence, a prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be a ruler of a free people. We need to be a free people, and our rulers need to have character. They need to have honor. They need to have respect. How can we expect the rulers or the leaders or whatever word you want to use to be humble and good and kind people when the people who are petitioning them or supporting them don't act in such a way? And for those who are thinking, who might listen to this, go, that's the biggest load of crap I ever heard. I would ask you to read Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King. And watched how he, when he was marching, he was linking arms with people. He won the hearts and minds because he was humble, yet bold. 
humility counts for something. And my last point is the way they signed off the Declaration of Independence. The way they signed off the Declaration of Independence. With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Life is important. Do people have a right to live regardless of who they are for, their fortunes, and their honor, which is sacred? In this very simple statement, you get an insight into those 56 gentlemen who signed the Declaration of Independence. You get a look into their soul. Because they knew life was important, fortunes were important, but only honor was sacred. Honor and how you deal with things and how you act is your character. And character still matters. It might not feel like it today. It might not. You might not think it because you see different people you know, doing different things, drugs, partying, you know, going on Playboy and all these different things. Character matters. It might be at an all-time low today, but it still matters. If you want proof, why did I just spend an hour talking about 56 people from 240 years ago who the vast majority of people maybe have heard of one or two? Honor matters. Honor and principles matter. If you look at the history of the world, if you look at the history of the world, great people do get remembered. Great people who do great things, who live their principles, are remembered and are spoken about, and live on in our hearts forever. Be the people, be those 56 people, who act with honour and integrity and principle, who are children and our grandchildren, and our grandchildren's children, will be speaking about in 15, 100 years as, well, it was my great-grandfather or great-grandmother, they saw it in 2016. They saw the precipice of tyranny and it was because they acted. They acted in a humble, honorable way with principles that pulled America back from the brink and truly made America exceptional once again. I'll leave you with this thought. I apologize if people get bored of my my storytelling, but I've been doing a lot of research on different things, and one of the things I've been doing research on over the last month to six weeks is Ronald Reagan. I'll be honest with you, if you've listened to recent shows, especially last week, it's partly because I needed some inspiration, and he definitely inspires me.
but there was one little thing he said, and it was his speech at the 76 convention after he lost to Gerald Ford. And it was when he was, it was back at the time in the Cold War, and his speech basically made a point of, you know, in a hundred years from now, if someone wrote a letter of what America was like, they know the outcome. They know what we faced and whether we were successful or not. In a hundred years or even 50 years, people will look back on us, will look back on me, you and everyone else. What would you like them to say? What would you like your history to be written like? Would you like your your great-grandchildren to say, well, my great-grandfather or grandmother, they acted to win. They, they just went along to get along. They went with the crowd. They did what was popular. Would you like them to say, yeah, they, they focused on their wealth and made sure we were okay? Or would you like them to say, they fought and they stood for what they knew was morally right, whether they won or lost. That a time when the chips were down, when America was at one of its lowest ebbs, when the world was in crisis, it was dealing with groups who we haven't heard about in years like Al-Shabaab and ISIS and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and Hamas and Hezbollah. They stood and they did what was right. They stood for freedom. They stood for peace. They stood for the right of the individual to pursue his or her dreams. And together they came together and they made the world a better place. That choice is yours. We are writing the history for our grandkids or for our great-grandkids. And lastly, I'll leave you with a saying. You do not lose honor for standing for what you believe is morally right and losing. But there is no honor to be gained by not fighting at all. On this July 2nd, I salute your great nation. You have all the answers. You were exceptional once and you can be exceptional again if you act. Your track record suggests you will. I hope and pray you do. Because I can tell you living under socialism, it breaks your soul. In many ways it's broken mine at times. And I don't want that as a future for anyone, let alone a country that I care so much about and love. The future is in your hands. You are the author.
write a positive one. As always, we finish this show by saluting the real heroes in society, the police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, your vets. Today, we salute the 56 brave, honorable, humble signers of the Declaration of Independence. And I salute you, the great American people. Please never ever forget, America is great because of each and every one of you, your people are what make you great. America is a country of doing extraordinary things by ordinary people. Until next week, America, God bless and enjoy July 4th. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 